Well, hello again. I'm Bill DeVille. Welcome to the all-new Music Heads, your weekly essential music digest. In this installment, we'll have a little chat with Munaf Rayani of Explosions in the Sky and find out what he's been digging in the guest list. For the essentials, I'll be joined by Chris Roberts from NPR News, and he'll discuss one of his faves by Neil Young. Co-music director Melanie Walker has the next big thing. She'll wax about twin sister. And in the music meeting, we'll break down the ambitious new album from York. It's all in this episode of Music Heads. But first, it's time for the music cast. With the music cast, it's Jill Riley. Hi, Jill. Hello, here are some music news headlines for this week. Iconic rock photographer Barry Feinstein died last Thursday of natural causes in upstate New York. Now, if you're not familiar with that name, I bet you're familiar with some of his photographs. He's responsible for shooting some of the most iconic and legendary artists' events, um, including the covers of Bob Dylan's The Times They're a Change. You know, I can see that picture in my mind right now. I know. I can shut my eyes and yeah. think, wow, it's that guy. George yep. Harrison's All Things Must I got Pass. that one pegged in my head, That's too. That's huge. Yeah. And one of my favorites, uh, Janis Joplin's Pearl. Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. So you've seen his work. And uh, Barry Feinstein also photographed the legendary 1966 Bob Dylan electric tour, taking, again, some of the most memorable images of Bob Dylan's entire career. Now, it's amazing how those photographs can still speak, even though it's, you know, 40 years after the fact. And finding out who the guy is, uh, you know, finally after, uh, you know, seeing his work and, well, now he's now he's passed away. He'll be missed. Mad Chester Pioneers, which I just learned about this genre of Mad Chester. Yeah, Manchester bands. Mad Chester, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it was the scene. It was right. mad. It I was druggy. I was, need to uh, yeah. do some <laughs> further investigation, but I know some uh, folks on our staff who are really excited about the Stone Roses getting back together. So Mad Chester Pioneers, the Stone Roses broke up back in 1996, but they've announced they will reunite for a series of three gigs in the upcoming summer. The Manchester shows sold out, um, let's see, 22... Oh no, 220,000 tickets. Holy smokes. I thought 22,000 was a decent number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 220,000 tickets within an hour. Some tickets are being bid on for up to a million euro on eBay. How does that translate, you know? I don't know, no, but it's, it's, still, it's still a, a lot. lot of money. Of, it's more money than I have. <laughs> the shows will include all four original members, and there's an additional promise of a new album and world tour to come in the near future. It's going to happen. Wow, that's exciting. So that's a big deal mm-hmm. for Stone Roses fans. A gift that keeps on giving. One of John Lennon's teeth is being auctioned in England this November. Lennon supposedly, okay, here's the story. And I don't know if this is true or if this is just a a story that's been passed down through the ages. It's a little creepy and it's a little egotistical, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Lennon supposedly gave the tooth to his housekeeper to give to her daughter as a souvenir in the late 60s. Uh, While he was simply going to throw the tooth away... (laughs) Which is what, like, a normal person would do. He figured he could make one little girl's dreams come true instead. The tooth is expected to sell for anywhere from uh, 10000 to sixteen grand. 
I hope she can document this tooth. If she can, she's probably might even have a bigger payday than that. I, I would imagine it is documented. Right, that yeah. there uh, some uh, some uh, dental records were investigated. There I hope go. anyway. Mm-hmm. But I mean, who does that? I mean, he was aware of how famous he was. Obviously, that, that doesn't but, seem like John. It really yeah. doesn't seem like something he would do. But I, I guess maybe I can't he did. imagine him ripping out hair and handing out to people <laughs> either. He didn't like the celebrity thing, you know. Yeah, well, I think he was aware of it, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Decemberist keyboardist Jenny Conley has been fighting breast cancer for five months, missing the summer and fall legs of their tour to recuperate. Conley has been in the Decemberist providing keyboard and accordion accompaniment from the start. Fortunately, she caught the disease in the early stages and uh, has been staying optimistic about her treatment. Well, last Thursday, frontman Colin Malloy tweeted, For those of you wondering, saw Jenny this week. Our girl's officially in remission. And that's a great way to celebrate Breast Cancer, cancer Month with hearing that she yeah. has a remission. And, yeah, it's, and, it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to hear that she's doing well. Yes, it's great. And she'll be back on the tour as early as November. So there we are. Jenny Conley, it's good to hear that you're doing well. That's fantastic. This is why... Why we fight, why we lie awake This is why, this is why we fight Country singer Loretta Lynn was hospitalized over the weekend due to concerns over pneumonia. She had to cancel shows in both Kentucky and North Carolina, though she says she'll probably be back out there by November. Uh, While she said that she's... Merely in the early stages of the illness, so uh, pneumonia. She was in the hospital, but I think you know, when she, what, she's 76 years old, 76, that's pretty yeah. standard mm-hmm. practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's staying in the hospital until she, until she can get healthy again. All right, so those are the music news headlines for the week. Thanks, Joe. Have mercy on me, baby. Please give this heart a break. Have mercy on me, baby. I'll do just what it takes You know you won't regret it So hey there now I said it Have mercy on me baby Have mercy New in stores this week, Milo Zyletto drops from Coldplay. Thomas Dolby has a new one as does Vince Gill. The good-natured gringo star Idol Warship has a new one too. Audio Disco Video that's the new one from Justice. She and Him's holiday album comes out too. It's called A Very She and Him Christmas. Surfer Blood's new one, Tarot Classics, is out. Bad as Me, the long-awaited, much-anticipated new Tom Waits album out, too. And Scott Weiland, yep, the Stone Temple Pilots dude. His new album is called The Most Wonderful Time of Year. And there's also a new one from the Providence, Rhode Island band Deer Tick. Excited about this one. They'll be in the Twin Cities for a triple rock show here in a couple of weeks. And the Providence band's new one is called Divine Providence. Here's a track from the band called Miss Kay. Here on Music Hats. Well, don't you wait and let time put those bags under your eyes. Put your bag in your hand and run with me. Just to know you this close, darling, I nearly choke. Can't you see you can't have a my
righty then, it is Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Melanie Walker is here with the next big thing. Hey Bill, how's it going? Going good. What you got today? Today I have a band um, that actually formed in Long Island called Twin Sister. Yes, I do too. And you know, we don't know a lot about them, actually. Mm -hmm. We just started playing them here at the station. And uh, what I do know about them is that there's five members in the group. They formed in Long Island, actually, two years ago. And have been together quite a while, actually. And um, they put out all of these EPs, Bill. That's kind of the new thing these days is a lot of bands start with an EP because it's expensive to record an album. And and who buys albums anymore anyway? Exactly. (laughs) But I mean, they put out like hundreds of demos and EPs and things on their website over the last couple of years and finally started picking up a little bit of steam. And they did their first live show out of town at South by Southwest, uh, which every band uh, has to make a big debut down in Austin, Texas. Right. Um, And they toured with uh, Toon Yards and Shushu before actually putting out this second EP of yours, which really is the one that's put them out in the limelight. It's called Color Your Life. And um, they've just been catching like wildfire. Everybody seems to really be grooving on this band. They're kind of a mix of kind of dreamy, like shoegazy pop Mm -hmm. that's also kind of danceable and groovy. I mean, they kind of like you know, uh, cross the gamut of like playing a little bit of shoegaze, a little bit of disco. They even get kind of folky sometimes. Yeah, I hear elements of, say, you know, Portis Head and Cocteau Twins, that sort of thing, too. Yeah, and Andrea, who's actually the lead vocalist for the group, she actually sounds, I think, a lot like Dido. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, she's kind of got that sound going on. this EP Color Your Life and it really became kind of a big deal. They soon signed with Domino and have finally put out this new full-length record. It's their first full-length record. It took them three years to put together Um, and it's called um, In Heaven and it's just a really fun album, Bill. There's just a little bit of everything on there but they've been playing on the road actually a lot for the last Mm -hmm. two years Mm -hmm. and have really made a name for themselves in the New York City area and I think they're finally breaking out of that Brooklyn scene and are actually getting a little bit more recognition out of the little hipster group that is Brooklyn. But the thing that's great about their music that I think makes them really special is it's not too complicated, Bill. There's not too much going on. Like It's all about the spaces in between with this band. I feel like they leave just enough room 
to actually let their talent shine because I think a lot of new bands have so much technology and so many types of instrumentation that they can dabble in that sometimes it becomes too much. Yeah. It becomes overcluttered and it really, uh, all of that special effects stuff kind of overshadows the songwriting. And I don't feel like this album does it at all. something really interesting going on with this band in particular. I feel like there's so many people who are finally discovering them and finally getting really turned on from a first listen to their music. I, I think this debut album is definitely going to put them in a good spot for hopefully the second one that they put out. And Domino Records is a great label for a brand new act yeah. to be on because they definitely uh, are a respected label that has put out tons of hits like Franz Ferdinand, uh, Arctic Monkeys right. first came out on Domino. Domino is one of those labels that's really going to nurture. Yeah, people check a new out band. their music too. You know. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's on Domino. I'll listen to that. It's reputable mm-hmm. yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. So, Melanie, what song did you want to check out from this new Twin Sister album? Well, the one that I think we should really check out is uh, the single that we're actually playing at the that's station. So good, yeah. Which I love is that. so good, and I think it kind of exemplifies a little bit of all this stuff that we've been talking about. This, the, this, um, this. Uh, restraint that they have going on but also great songwriting dancey grooves uh, a lot of synths and uh, andrea's token uh really dido-ish like tortoise head like vocals it's called bad street all right melanie walker thanks for dropping by thanks for having me bill it's been the next big thing here on music heads
Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time now for the guest list where some of our favorite artists share with us some of the music they've been listening to. And joining me today is Munaf of the band Explosions in the Sky. Welcome to the Twin Cities, Munaf. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me along. Yeah, how's it going? How's the tour so far? So far, so good. It's been uh, a really great surprise. And each night that we're showing up to these cities and filling up rooms and the crowd has been extra excellent. So that makes us play even better. So yeah. it's guys, been a fun run. You guys have a little bit of a history around here. You recorded the album, you're one of your earlier works at right. uh, Cannon Falls then, huh? Right. Not this album, which is Take Care, Take Care, but the one previous called All of a Sudden I Miss Everyone. Yeah, we went out to Pachyderm and we're really excited to be out there for the history of the place and the class of the place. I mean, Nirvana recorded in Utero there and yeah, yeah. that was a big selling point for us just to kind of share that spirit of, um, you know, somebody as good as as they are. So were you guys following the story? Did you hear that the place uh, closed down? We uh, just heard, I mean, we heard a little while ago and then it was confirmed, you know, from Mm -hmm. some other people who told us a little while ago. What a shame because it was such a classic place. Yeah. Well, let's, let's uh, get to it here. So what have you been listening to of late? What, what kind of music is, is uh, right up your alley? What have you been digging? For me, most of my uh, musical catalog uh, hovers around old soul music, in particular, Mr. Sam Cooke. His, Others, uh, there's no soul singer, soul singer like him. No, not at yeah. all. And uh, and uh, he often helps me get through the days. And uh, there's a song in particular off of an album called Live at Harlem Square Theater, which has a great story in its in its own right. If you kind of look up the story of playing that show, mm-hmm. but um, there's a track on it. It's a medley called uh, It's All Right. And for sentimental reasons, they've kind of they made a medley out of these two tracks of his. And and it's a beautiful track because when you listen to it, you feel like you're at the show and the crowd is into it and everybody's singing along and and Sam's just belting it out. And so that's one of my favorites. Talk about a gifted singer. He had every gift. He had charisma, he had the mm-hmm. looks, mm-hmm. and the fella could sing. Boy, could he ever. And yeah. that's why we talk about him today and they'll talk about him a hundred years from now. Right now. Right now, we'd like to give the fellas, we want to tell the fellas something, you know. Fellas, I want to tell you, when somebody come and tell you something about what your girlfriend has done, or what your wife has done, I want you to remember one thing. Don't go home hitting on her and all that stuff. Whenever they tell you anything about your lady, go home and she's sleeping, shake her and wake her up. And wait till she wipe all the sleep from her eyes, you understand? And when she get all that sleep wiped from her eyes, Look at their night and tell her, baby, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Believe me, baby, it's all right. Long as I know, honey, long as I know that she loves me, it's all right. Tell her people been talking about you, baby, but it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. All right, what else? The other, uh, also in that same era of just great soul music, was uh, Miss Nina Simone. Uh, when I'm not listening to Sam, I'm listening to her. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she also was an extraordinary singer, but even better than her voice was her skill on the piano. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a track uh, on one of her albums called Good Bait. And uh, it's it's mainly an instrumental track. I'm, I can't remember her singing in it. But boy, it showcases her piano skills so brilliantly mm-hmm. that it kind of makes you think twice that she was known as a singer. But yeah, her piano playing. And also on that track, 
the band that she surrounded herself with were all exceptional. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard stories that she was kind of difficult to work with? Absolutely. And, yeah. I did hear stories about that, but usually <laughs> I think when, when, when you have that much talent and, and, and that much going for you and all the world's eyes is on you, then, uh, then perhaps your attitude is a little funny, you know? And, and, and she was difficult, but she could back it up, and so I give her a pass. All right. Munaf, thanks so much for dropping by. Really been a pleasure to chat with you. I appreciate it. Continued success, I wish you, with the band Explosions in the Sky. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. It's Music Heads from 89.3 The Current. Now it's time for the music meeting portion of the show. I want to welcome the morning show from The Current. It's Jill Riley. Hi, Jill. Hi, Bill. And Steve Seal. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you, Bill. Nice to be here. Mm-hmm. The Icelandic superstar Bjork has a new album called Biophilia. It's her eighth album and her first in four years. The album is quite an ambitious effort. It's been described as the first app album in collaboration with Apple. Bjork has described it as a multimedia collection encompassing music, apps, internet, installations, and live shows. Biophilia is an album about the science of the planet Earth from tectonic plates to cell studies. Many of the songs are like hymns about the Big Bang Theory. The album features gospel choirs, churchy organs, gravity harps, and even a Tesla coil, which is an electrical device that generates extremely high voltages and is often used for entertainment purposes. For our assignment for the music meeting, we listen to Biophilia as a CD standalone with no apps or iPads. And here is a track from the album right now. This is called Cosmogony, here on Music Heads. Until a certain bang 
Jill Riley, is the record working for you? Um, I think that it's a very challenging record. Mm -hmm. I think that it challenges me because I'm not really into like electronic avant-garde, any sort of music. That's just not my personal taste. Right. It doesn't do much for me. With that said, I will challenge myself to, um, you know, understand or I have to take a listen to something before I can judge it. Right. Um, but I can tell you right now that I, I didn't do the assignment right. I mean, I did. I listened to the record. I thought about it. But um, this isn't the kind of record that you can pop in the CD player and go for a drive. I think that I would have more appreciation for what Bjork was trying to do with this record if I had downloaded the app. Yeah. But I don't have an iPhone or an iPad, and I didn't really feel like going out to buy one. Nor do I. Um, and uh, I'm with you. I did the same thing. Right. So. And I just think if you're going to sit and listen to this on its own um, and, and not really go through the whole multimedia experience and, like, playing with the sounds and the games and I think that is why I'm totally not understanding but just hearing the CD I, I don't really get the the full experience so it was really challenging for me to sit and listen now there were some uh interesting points throughout the record mm -hmm. um I would say track two Thunderbolt was an interesting listen. Crystalline, yeah. yeah. Crystalline is the, uh, I guess you could call the single, at least the song that we've been playing yeah, on the or, air, or maybe just the most conventional song on the CD. Well, the funny thing is, yeah. the uh, the subtitle is structure on mm -hmm. Crystalline, and like uh, for me as a song, it has the most structure <laughs> to it. And then Crack Nine Mutual Core was, uh, I guess, a little more. It wasn't as challenging to listen to, but uh, again, I don't know. I mean. I've always liked Bjork's music, and I think that um, it's important to listen to, but I'll probably just put it back on the shelf and go, okay, I did that. Yeah. Until maybe I could play with the iPhone app. Then I could have a totally different experience. This eruption under stagnation You didn't know I had it in me an unspent capsule I didn't know you had it in you This eruption under stagnation You didn't know I had it in me This eruption under stagnation You didn't know you Fair enough. How about you, Steve Seal? Is the album working for you? Uh, you know, the, the album. The exactly, and <laughs> yeah, that, that's but, really what I yeah. But I, that's why I'm having such a hard time with yeah. it because I don't think it works as just an album on its own. Like mm -hmm. that's my first problem with it. Yeah, I uh, I think it's it depends on the viewpoint that you approach it from. I think it's both really impressively beautiful and really really difficult yeah. at the same time. And I think it's it depends on what where you come at it from. And I think if you if you come at this record from uh, a pop music standpoint and you're looking for verse chorus verse and hooks and things like that, you're going to be angry at this record because it's just not going to deliver it. Yeah. You know, and so it's it, I would think that. Um, uh, in in many ways, uh, Bjork just uh, over the years has been moving further and further away from that, from song structure. Well, she's truly an artist. You can't really deny that, can you? Yeah, she yeah. gets mm -hmm. more and more avant garde with mm -hmm. with each passing record. Um, but stating taking that that uh, sort of allowance, this, this sort of free flowing kind of meandering stuff that happens, 
I still think that she's done uh, songs in this vein that have worked better for me mm-hmm. in the past. For, uh, for example, on uh, her record uh, Vespertine from uh, the early aughts, where it was like 99, I think is when that came out. They're about like that. 99, Right around in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you had the same sort of textural thing going on. Yeah. But at least, even though the verses were totally meandering in many places, she would at least give you a chorus that was a hook. It in, came in back around It came to back something. around to yeah. something. Whereas on most... Most of these songs, with the exception of really two, I think you just don't get that. Yeah. And so what you get is is uh, just a science this, lesson. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> you get it. You definitely get that, don't you? Yeah. You get like atoms and cells and uh, crystals, po- teutonic plates. Some sort yeah. of sensory experience. Right. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Kind of a religious album to the earth more so than 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 uh, you know the earth and the elements. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And and I got this kind of spiritual gospel, you know, earth gospel. I don't yeah. know what you want to call it. I think it, that's a great way to put it. It's a new genre, yeah. 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 Bill. Yeah, because I, because the 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 uh, the you actually not only get a hook, but you get a really singable hook, as if it were really a yeah. a hymn in the traditional sense. But yes, yeah, she's she's singing about uh, not exactly a standard religious ideas, but more sort of pagan ideas, which is much more up her alley. Yeah. I, I described it as a religious hymn about the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> nice way to put it. Yeah, but Cosmology, I thought, was one of the highlights from the album. You know, I, are you guys familiar with the, when you shop at Target, there used to be this Lifescapes rack. You know, the, <laughs> Oh, and you could I hit the- I think it's the, still there, actually. Is, is you could really? hit the right. different samples right. of the sounds. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Some, I always hit thunder when I walk by. <laughs> there's there's the uh, one hour worth, worth of surf. I think you can get yes, that. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. but I think this album might, might, uh, might fit neatly on that rack. And you know, <laughs> what that, that's not a bad place for it because those things actually do sell oh man they, right, they're it's big there bucks. for a reason <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be out of place on that rack but you know i i think this this album is uh, is really interesting but it, as jill was saying it's kind of hard to get your head around and i generally prefer something a little bit more immediate but uh, you can't deny this album certainly does does have merit I think that, that if, if you're yeah. gonna be, if you already are a Bjork fan, this might just, in fact, be taking what she does that that really makes you happy and going even further with it and and mm-hmm. impressing you even more because she already has for for really quite some time now been doing this this sort of structureless meandering thing all over the place and if you dig that then you know you get it in spades here yeah and uh, don't hold your breath you know for like a sugar cubes reunion I think uh, I don't she's think totally, so. totally <laughs> moved totally moved on yeah and are you guys familiar with the Tesla coil. Did you read about that? The, at all? the Tesla I coil did. turned into an instrument. Yes. In fact, used on track two. Mm-hmm. Now, see if I could if I could see that whole thing performed live before my eyes and like see the Tesla coil. Um, 
again, that would just be another way for me to experience it, not just with my ears, but with my eyes. And I think that's part of what she was getting at with this record. And that's why I feel like I'm kind of still missing something. Um, I, I don't know if it was, I, I, and I, I'm not, I, I don't know if it was her intention for us to sit mm-hmm. and listen to that CD. Yeah, it sure um, is going to be interesting to see what she does for some sort of a, a tour. I mean, mm-hmm. there could be a really grand plan for this one. I and, hope so. Yeah, I would think. Mm-hmm. I did read somewhere that she had said that she had intended the album to be able to stand on its own. But <clears throat> I think there's no doubt that it's going to be, uh, you know, that it's it's clearly conceived as part of a whole project. And mm-hmm. so it's going to benefit from that. And, you know, in some places, I'm not so sure that it does stand on its own without the other stuff. Sure. I would agree with that. Jill and Steve from The Morning Show, thanks for dropping by. You betcha. Mm-hmm. It's the music meeting here on 89.3. The Current, we discussed Biophilia from Bjork. to Music Heads, music news for music lovers. Time now for the essentials. We let you know what records are must-haves to any Music Heads collection. And to join me from downstairs with Minnesota Public Radio News, it's our old local show host, Mr. Chris Roberts. Hey there, Bill DeVille. How, How are, are you? I'm good. How about yourself? It's good to see you. How's, I'm fine. How's things down on the third floor? You know, we're not listening to enough music down there. We're just stuck in this news rut. Yeah? Are you going <laughs> to take us out of that? What do you want to talk about today, Chris? I, you know, when I think about must-have albums, I, I wouldn't dare tell anybody else that one that I've chosen is a must-have because I don't even know if I have that much confidence in my own selective ability. But Rust Never Sleeps, for me, nice pick, is an essential album in my own collection because it represents a point in my life where I started actually becoming serious about music and taking it seriously as an art form. I think up to that point, I was in the shadow of my sister's record collection and relied and totally. And whatever the, the classic rock radio was playing, and I imagine classic there was a lot rock. of that. And where were you? Were you Detroit? Is that Detroit? Where yeah. yeah. WRIF was the album rock station. Was there a station with wheels in the title or something, too? <laughs> there was, and that was the newer one. And I, I never turned to wheels. I was like an RIF stalwart. But, mm-hmm. um, but Neil really showed me the way with this record because he was paying such close attention to how relevant he was. And I think he was starting to become a little worried. He felt maybe a little calcified yeah. at this point in his career. 
And lo and behold, we have Russ Never Sleeps. Where the eagle glides descending, there's an ancient river bending through the timeless gorge of changes where sleeplessness awaits. I searched out my companions who were lost in crystal canyons when the aimless blade of science slashed the pearly gates. It was then that I knew I'd had enough burned my credit card for fuel headed out to where the pavement turns to sand with the one-way ticket to the land of truth and my suitcase in my hand how I lost my friends I still don't understand you know the, the one of the cool things about this album is Neil has, has kind of remained of, of all the artists around He's the one who's kind of remained relevant through his whole career. He has, or at least he's attempted to. And I think part of the reason for that is because, to some extent, he doesn't care what people think and how people are going to judge his moves. I mean, there was like the Trans album, some of that stuff, right around this era, (laughs) too. That came out, I think, after Russ Never Sleeps. Yeah, it was right around the same vicinity, yeah. And some people thought it was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, what's the deal with the vocoder, you know? (laughs) I really appreciated it because, you know, he's doing on Trans what he does in in a big way on Russ Never Sleeps, which is either embracing what is going on that the rest of the mainstream classic rock world hasn't done, or he's anticipating the future. Yeah. And, you know, little things like, uh, he I mean, Johnny Rotten comes up in the lyrics on this album. That's you know? amazing. So, so it's like he actually acknowledged punk rock. I mean, who else had done that? I, nobody that I was listening to. Yeah. And, and uh, granted, I was listening to Carlos Devadeep Santana. You know, I used to just to love say, to say Santana's name so it's I could great have name, an English, <laughs> a <Yeah>. Spanish accent. <laughs> um, but you know, I was not a sophisticated uh, discerning music listener at that point. I, I, I responded to art in music, yeah. but I hadn't become someone who could go out and find something for myself and be pleased by it, by my selection. I relied on my sister too much. Mm-hmm. But Neil, on this record, um, I think what he's doing is he is staying relevant. He's commenting on what has happened to, to music up to that point. Yeah. And he is embracing, he's kind of laying a, a, a path down for somebody like me to find new music. Yeah. I really appreciated that. I didn't really know who Johnny Rotten was apart from seeing stories on the evening news about the clash and the punk movement in England and right. you know uh, how they were responding to uh, serious economic conditions in England. and they, But it all seemed like worlds away to me. Mm-hmm. And Neil kind of brought that world to me. Icy sky at night, paddles cut to water in a long and hurried flight from the white man to the fields of green and the homeland we've never seen. They killed us in. 
talked about songs yet what uh, what songs in particular really get you off of this one well i i feel eternally indebted to neil young for one primary reason i learned how to play guitar and harmonica playing neil young songs and he has this amazing ability to me to craft melodies that are beautiful and majestic mm. and have such artistic weight using chords like E minor and D and C and G. I don't know how he did it, but you could learn how to play these simple chord progressions. Yeah. And yet the melody was so fulfilling, you felt like you had stumbled on something really amazing. When yeah. you played, it was empowering. So I thank Neil Young for that. But obviously, my, my, hey, hey, out of the blue, the acoustic version on side one that kicks off Russ Never Sleeps. And then what he does with... The final song on the record, which is an electrified version of the same, he, he titles right. it differently, Hey, Hey, My, My, Out of the Black. What he's doing, especially on the electrified version with Crazy Horse, the album is divided into two sections. You have an acoustic side and an electric excuse me, electric side. Right. And I think Neil did that quite often on re records uh, after that. But the, the electrified version of Hey, Hey, My, My, I think basically obliterates all of mainstream rock up to that point. It feels like the world is falling apart. You can see paint chips coming off the walls. It's distorted. It's ugly. It's nothing like the Kansas or the Journey <laughs> or the Foreigner that's that right, was on was a, at the yeah, time. This is exactly the same era as all yes. that music, and that, that's what's mind-blowing about it, it to really, me as well. Yeah. It's uh, years so well. I know. Yeah. It really does. Mm -hmm. And it's it's anticipating, I think, to some extent, grunge. Yeah. It's saying, hey, there's something happening that you aren't hearing, perhaps, but it's that's keeping rock alive, and that's punk. Mm -hmm. And you, you have to tune into that. And I'm, I'm going to show you kind of the, the feeling, the it, eviscerating, visceral feeling of this music it seems like he's destroying rock and roll up to that point and rebuilding and, and saving it. it yeah and rebuilding it and <laughs> saving it in that one song yeah you know and another song you didn't even mention to me is one of the the greatest rock and roll classics by any artist powder uh, finger yeah oh my god about the guitar on that song oh it it, it, it brought tears to my yeah. eyes i mean this this is a song about a young man who's on a river I, it, and that's another thing he doesn't totally spell it out this is mm -hmm. storytelling at its finest mm -hmm. it, it it's one of the finest mid-tempo rock songs ever written, Powderfinger. And it's about a young man, I think, on a river. A boat's coming, and the boat is, I think, maybe represents the military. I'm not sure. Could well be. I always think of maybe this guy and his family, this young man and his family, are running a still. And the, the boat is coming in to, uh, you know, investigate. And he's been taught, you know, you better shoot first and ask questions later. But it's much more complicated 
than that. And he is seeing this character in the song as his life is kind of about to flash before his eyes. And just the the weight of that is huge. And what I like the best about it is the singing is is beautiful, but boy, it's those guitar solos that yeah. really capture the emotion. Yeah, and he has the conviction in the vocal too. You he believe does. Him. But then again, Neil's always that's that that's the he's always you always believe him no matter what he's he's singing about. And yeah, yeah, he's very believable. And yeah, look at the majestic guitars of that song. That that's rock and roll at its finest, it right there. Really is. Well, Chris, it's really been a pleasure to talk about one of the well all-time greats from Neil Young, Rust Never Sleeps, he along with Crazy Horse. And I always I always get a kick out of the fact that, uh, you know, there's the Neil Young without Crazy Horse and the Neil Young with Crazy Horse. And this one, you got it all. You got <laughs> Neil Young, you know, acoustic, and then you got Neil rocking it out as he always does with Crazy Horse. And uh, nice pick. I like to say that I like, I prefer Neil Young with Crazy Horse, but I'll take Neil Young any way I can get him. There you go. There you go. What song should we close up here with? We always like to wrap up with one of your choice picks. Well, I, I don't know. I like Powder Finger so much. That's such a let's, nice let's just ride. Do that. Let's rock. All right. Thanks again for dropping by, Chris. It's been The Essentials here on Music Heads. It's been Music Heads from 89.3 The Current and Minnesota Public Radio. I want to thank my colleagues for contributing to the show, including Melanie Walker, Jill Riley, and Steve from The Morning Show. Big props to Moonoff of Explosions in the Sky for chatting with me about the music he's been grooving on. And as always, special thanks to executive producer Melanie Walker and Derek Stevens for his moral support, and to our intern, Alex Wright. Thanks to members of Minnesota Public Radio and The Current for making shows like this one happen. And thanks to you for listening. Find us at thecurrent.org slash musicheads. We'll wrap up this week's show with a sneak peek of a track from Michelle Endigayo Cello, whose ninth album in her almost 20-year career is called Weather. It's produced by Joe Henry and is expected in the first part of November. This is called Chelsea Hotel. We'll catch you in a week for another installment of Music Heads. I remember you well at the Chelsea Hotel You were talking so brave, so sweet Giving me hand on an unmade bed While the limousines wait in the streets And those were the reasons And that was New York We were running for the moment